Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. An absolutely a heartbreaking loss for the Chicago Bears. A game that we're going to look back on and say, you know what? That was one the Bears should have emerged victorious. A couple of drives there in the first half that should have resulted in points. Let's say generously 10 points. A drive at the end of the game that should have ended in points. And of course, a special teams mishap by our friend, our best friend, Bayless Jones Jr., which you know what? That ended up costing the Bears. And you know what? There was a lot of things that happened. It's not going to come down to one person. It's not going to come down to one play. There are a lot of things going on. And there's a lot of problems with this team. A lot of things that need to get fixed. But on Thursday night, in front of the world, with the world watching, I think the Bears let one slip away that they should not have done. And with that, Sammy, let's start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Air Pura. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Welcome to the Sick Podcast. It's me, Adam Rank, and we're going to be breaking down the Thursday night loss of the Chicago Bears. We're going to have, we're going to be joined in a moment by Clay Harbor to go over what went right, what went wrong. And there was a lot of things that went wrong, but what does not go wrong is underdog fantasy, which is the easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's simple to get started. Just head to play.underdogfantasy.com or download the app, sign up with the promo code SICK, and underdog will will double your first deposit up to $100. And the great thing about underdog fantasy is you got that app on your phone. You get all the player updates. You know if guys are active, inactive. If guys mispractice, the Underdog Fantasy app will keep you up to date. So if if nothing else, if you don't want the free $100 that the promo code SICK will get you, just having the Underdog Fantasy app on your phone, it's a great news-breaking device. And I implore everybody uh, within the sound of my voice to go to underdogfantasy.com, underdog or play.underdogfantasy.com and uh, sign up today. Why don't we go ahead and bring in Clay Harbor as we uh, as we get our friend of the show, former NFL tight end. We know him from BIP. He's making his rounds. He is a a, a man on all podcasts and all 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 digital broadcast. You're everywhere, radio, TV. You're everywhere, Clay Harbor. Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Well. Okay, I'm not doing great, Adam. Not doing great. Do you do you still feel the stings of the losses? You know, it felt like I was on the team tonight. When I'm after that game, I honestly felt so upset 
And um, I asked myself, I had the serious question. Have you ever asked yourself a question? Because I did that. I, I stepped aside. I go, Clay, yeah. why are you so upset about this game? You don't, you don't play for the Bears. And I tried to seriously have a conversation with myself about why I'm so upset about this loss. But, you know, I love the, I love the city of Chicago. I've been a Bears fan my whole life. This was a tough one to swallow. And I'm, I'm pulling for these guys. You know, I pull for Fields. I pull for these guys. I pull for the city of Chicago. Tough mm-hmm. game for all of us, but I mean, I think there were some some good things to take away, but there were also some, you know, a lot of unfortunate and bad things that I think we'll talk about here tonight. Yeah, you know what? I, I think about this too, and I was reminded of this earlier today. My dad, who I've talked about on this show, huge Chicago Bears fan. The reason why I am a Chicago Bears fan, even though I was born in Schaumburg, he hated the Washington football club, whatever, whatever they call themselves. This was, I would say them along with the 49ers. It's weird because people who were so attached to the bears during the eighties hate Washington, hate San Francisco. Green Bay is kind of annoying, but the same way that you and I would hate Detroit. That's how they felt about the green Bay Packers. They, my dad hated Washington, hated them with a passion he rooted against Joe Gibbs racing team. Like there was all sorts of stuff. So I imagine if somehow uh, from the great beyond, if my dad was watching this game, he is not, he is not happy right now. This would have been one that he would have wanted back. And you know what? It was there. It was there. What did you think about this? Let's go back to the, the final four plays. They're on the five yard line. I don't know. I I love Getze. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. But what did you think about the play calling there, those last four plays? Okay, so obviously part of you wants thinks maybe you can run the ball in, but yeah, obviously the clock, you know, so it's tough. You got you get the ball in Justin Fields' hands if he sees an opening, he can run the ball in. So not not trying to be look in hindsight, saying okay, maybe you try to run the ball in. You know, this running team, you've had some big runs from Herbert and Montgomery. I'm going to be okay with them throwing the ball and -hmm. getting fields on the move a little bit because both those balls were catchable. He had two plays that could have been touchdowns. Should have been. Should have been touchdowns. Hit hit the hands. You got to catch those balls. Catch those balls the first time. You're you're an NFL wide receiver. Your job is literally to catch football. You got to catch those. In 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 the when you go into the meetings in the morning, they're gonna watch this tape and their coach is gonna give them a minus because the ball hit your hands. You got to catch those balls. That's a minus. You didn't do your job. You got to catch those footballs. So I think there's some issues with Getsy's play calling. But at the end of the game, there, I thought we had two clutch game winning throws from yeah. Justin Fields. Those should have been game winning throws. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hard up in the air and then down. <laughs> I was unfaked hard. I'll tell you, I was pump faked hard. So I'll give Getty the the benefit of the doubt. We had two plays that should have been touchdowns. So I don't know. Yeah, the the, the final play to Darnell Mooney. Obviously, if he holds on to that ball, because at first blush, when you're watching that play, you're like, well, he's over the line, and then you're like, oh, he's bobbling, he's bobbling it a little bit, comes down with it. It it might not have even been counted. It it might not have even should have been counted as a catch because when he does retain possession. It did look like his left elbow was out of bounds. So that's all for not. But Justin made the throws. Here's my thing. 
And we could debate this. And, and listen, I don't think that there's any wrong answers. The team needs to go out there and execute. I think that's that's the bottom line. I, I think that, you know, I will go on Twitter. I've been on Twitter. I will see people calling for Getze. And listen, he's he's learning like everybody else. Yeah. But like you said, he did he did draw up some plays that should have been successful. My thing is, when you have, and it was just a shade under a minute. So to yeah. me, at that point, the, the play clock doesn't matter. And if anything, it might be nice to run the ball just to, you know, get the clock moving that in the fact that you do score a touchdown, you don't not that you're really concerned about Carson Wentz driving the field, but eh, why leave them anytime if you don't have to? <laughs> I would have liked to have seen the, the clock stopped after Justin Fields run. He, he wisely gets out of bounds. He doesn't try to wiggle his way. Like that was such a great play by Justin Fields. And I don't think that people will give him enough credit. Like there is a, there is a, there's a mindset as a NFL player. Like I'm going to try to push this in, but he did. He went out of bounds. He stopped the clock just under a minute left. I wish they would have ran the ball there. Is it, am I mistaking this? I, I think that you could have ran that on first down. I think what you do is if you're not, you try to hurry, hurry up, get to the line of scrimmage and run and run the football in hindsight. I think that's what you do. I try to put myself in the offensive coordinator's shoes sometimes. And then sometimes I'm thinking, okay, they did the right thing, putting the ball in Justin Fields' hands. He can run if he has that. He gets that run pass option, get him out on the edge. So it, it, to me, it's a two-way street here. It's it's tough. It's a tough call, but he gets paid to make those decisions. And end of the day, he made the wrong one. The Bears didn't win. So that's tough. Yeah, that's a difficult thing too. And I, I just feel like when you have the momentum, the defense is gassed, yeah. having run, having chased him all over the field. I mean, it was electric though. And I don't want to get into this. Gosh, I mean, they're, I try, I, I get disappointed. I'm with you. I get disappointed with the losses. And I know a lot of people on Twitter or social media or Bears media or whatever it is have been talking at great length about, well, I don't care if we win or lose as long as the team is improving or developing or whatever their, their vernacular is. I, I still want to win. I'm sorry. I still want to, I want to go in to work tomorrow. I want to be three and three. I want the commanders to be one and four. What would we have been? One and five. Yeah, it's week yeah. six. I wanted that so badly. But now I don't I don't know what to think because now I'm trying to put a, a bright spot on everything. Because I mean, if you look at it, that final drive, whether you're successful at the end or not, do you still look at it and you're like, eh, Justin got him there? I mean, they were they were in a position to win. Uh, I feel at some point that those start going our way. Is there, can you take a couple of positives from that? I think you take some positives from that final drive and that run. I mean, he could have went out, he could have went out of bounds after he got the first down. He got the first yeah. down and I mean, he looked like he's about to go out of bounds. He kept running and when he cut it back in, I'm like, oh, oh okay, let's yeah. go. <laughs> the fact that they came back and drove the ball down the field was huge. I thought the game was over when, when Bayless dropped that punt. Yeah. I know the game's over. Commander score. I know that's it. That's how the Bears lost today. But they showed a lot of fight. They showed a lot of fight today. Because obviously the offense couldn't move the ball at all during the first half. The defense really stood up, stood up, stood up, stood up. After that drop punt, I said there's no way they're driving the ball down the field. Big yeah. run from fields. Couple completions. No timeouts. They put themselves into a position where – I think they should have won the game. They had the opportunity yeah. there, they should have won the game. Man, that was a tough one. That's a tough loss. And I get what you're saying. People said, we just want to see improvements. 
No, you want to win the game. You're if you win this game, you're three and three, and yeah. you're still in the hunt. The NFC North isn't the NFC NFC North of old. We you could still have a rebuilding team that is trying to figure out who they are and, and figure out their players and have a hundred million dollars to spend next year and make the playoffs. If you're three and three at this point, it's a big difference in two and four. Yeah. Tough loss. Tough no, loss. Ab- absolutely brutal. And you think of all the teams who've looked good, haven't played well. Atlanta is one of those teams, you know, like, yeah, they're they're mixing it up. They're they're kind of in they're doing okay. Detroit got blown out by New England finally. So then we could end that little charade. But it's it is one of those things. God, just to be three and three and to be scuffling, because that's the thing, is that people act like this team's gonna get worse. I still think that again, even though there's been two tough losses in a row. And again, not trying to be way too positive. They're getting better. And I love the fact that we're not taking three and outs. We're actually moving the ball. And of course, you want to finish off drives. You don't like interceptions in the end zone. You don't like you don't like leaving the ball on the one yard line, but they're moving the ball. And that's the one thing that I think a lot of people, this is the one thing that really gets me upset is when I see the comments and they make you know, the observation and no disrespect to Matt Nagy or anything like that, but they're like, Hey, you know, like we didn't fire him for this. And like, there is an improvement. The defense is out there less and less. There's sustained drives. They're still punting the ball. There's still turnovers, but they're sustaining drives and they're putting it on the opposing team. And so again, not to be the toxic positive person that apparently that I am, I think there were some times that you can be like, Hey, that, that was okay. What about the first half though? I want to go back. Let's let's talk about the fourth and it's fourth down on the one yard line. How are we going to fix that? Because that that's two plays now this season that I feel could have made the se- the, the year a lot different if we convert two fourth and one plays. What yeah. is, what what is the play down there? What what should we be running? But so there you go. They ran the ball there. They handed the ball to running back. It's fourth and one, and they handed the ball off. I thought the play action was there. The boot was there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's tough. What do you run? Easily get the Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts. You know what they're doing? They're running a quarterback sneak. Or they're doing his yeah. own read. And they're successful with it. They're the, the number one team on third and fourth down in the NFL because of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields are very similar. They both have similar builds. They're both powerful guys that can run the football. That's what they're doing. You're in quarterback sneak with your big 6'3", 220-pound quarterback. Not they did it. Yeah, they did it. They did it from the 20-yard line earlier in the game. They, or at some point during downs, the game. Third downs like crazy just off Jalen Hurts. You have this big quarterback that not a lot of teams have, a guy that can run. It's like you have Montgomery taking the snap. That's a huge advantage in those situations, and that's something the Bears don't take advantage of. You have a guy like that, Cam Newton – Justin Fields, Herbert, guys like that that can move, Josh Allen, you use that. You use a quarterback sneak, and you get in there. In my opinion, mm-hmm. that's what I would like to see. If if you don't, people are arguing to run the ball. He ran the ball. It was a, it was a running back run. Was that, Moon, was that uh, Herbert or Montgomery? It was Herbert. That was Herbert. So some people are saying, give the ball to Montgomery. He's a short yardage back. Maybe you give Montgomery the play there. Yeah. Montgomery's that was one. No, I agree. Like Montgomery would have been my choice too. No disrespect to Khalil Herbert. 
who was kind of being rewarded for having the big run to get the Bears down close to the goal line. I also, you know, I've noticed around the league too, and I believe it was the Kansas City Chiefs who put the the tight end behind their quarterback to push him into the end zone. Cole Komet's 6-6. Either figure out a way to snap the ball to Cole Komet and let him run straight because he doesn't he doesn't go down on first contact ever. And I think that's one of the things that I've noticed over the last couple of weeks is that every time the ball is in his hand, he's punishing somebody. So I don't know what it is. Figure out a way to get him the ball when we're close to the goal line. Or put him directly behind Justin Fields and have him have him fireman carry him over the defender, whatever it is. I don't know if that will be the team that gets penalized for that being illegal, but at some point, but at least follow the league trend and do something like that, but get a little bit more creative uh, than what we've seen, especially, you know, with the offensive line, which is still sort of struggling. There's some injuries on the line. We saw Lucas Patrick leave for a spell and we saw uh, Michael Schofield come in for a, for a stretch. So yeah. I think there's gotta be ways. There's gotta be more creative ways than what we're doing. Cause we're just you know that Pardon? play where he sends the guy in, in motion, he sends the tight end in motion, and then the and the quarterback's in the shotgun. And then the tight end stops right behind the center. Tight end takes the snap and runs the quarterback sneak. You see that yeah. play that Andy Reid does. I don't know why more people don't do that. More teams don't do that. That play yeah, where – Yeah, it worked. I mean, you have Pat Mahomes there too, but the quarterback's in shotgun – the player runs in motion, comes back. Andy Reid runs that a few times a year, and it's always good for situations like that. You don't do it until you do, until it's a situation where you got to get in the end zone in one yard, you need to get one yard, and you use that play. It makes a difference in the game. That's why Andy Reid is such a great coach. He always has stuff in his pocket that you might never use, but you might use it. There's a lot of stuff. When I was playing with the Eagles, we had a bunch of situational stuff. We get bored. Why are we practicing this? This is never going to happen. <laughs> Guess what had happened? And it made a difference in a game. You know what the difference in a game means? It's a difference in the season. It comes yeah. down to single plays. It's crazy to think about it, but single plays make a season sometimes. Single individual plays. And that's why you have to go over the boring stuff, the situational stuff. Plays for specific times and specific games that will make the difference. And that's something that Andy Reid always used to do. And I appreciate that. And that is one of the benefits of having a coach that's been around for so long. I mean, again, as we sit here, I guess it's a good thing to be this disappointed in a Mm -hmm. loss like this, to be like, you know what? We should have won this one. We could have easily won the game against the Minnesota Vikings. The only game that you look back on and you're like, okay, maybe, maybe Green Bay was handling us. But at the same time, you look at all the losses and you're like, okay, it's close. We have to remember, this is a group that's been together for what now six games. Yeah, And they have abbreviated, and you've talked about it on this show, you know, back in the day, you almost quit football from doing so many two-a-days. These guys do not have the benefit of working with the coaches that much. And we're kind of doing this on the fly. And a lot of the stuff that we see, especially in these short yarded situations, especially in these highly nuanced uh, plays, it's, it might take a while. It might take half a season. It might take a full season but we're starting to see it implemented. And I don't think that when these situations start to present themselves again, that we're going to keep making the same mistakes. Cause that would be a problem. If this was week 16, if this was week 17 and we're missing some plays and we're still looking uh, a little disorganized at the end, I will be upset. But for right now, this early in the season, I think it's a little bit more acceptable. What about to the play to our guy, uh, Ryan Griffin, 
the, the, the pass that Justin Fields missed. Oh man, you're burying your head. Please don't listen. I want to know what is your, what, who's, I mean, I know everybody blames the quarterback, but is it, was it Ryan getting held up? Was it a miscommunication? Was it just a bad throw? What was it from your, from your vantage point? The play is a block. He blocks Mm -hmm. and then he releases and the play worked perfection. And trust me, I want to, I want to back up Justin anytime I can. Mm-hmm. I try to be as positive as I can with Justin. I think he can be a great player, and obviously he has some ups and some downs, but that play right there was a play Justin has to make. That's exactly how yeah. they drive up. Ryan Griffin blocks for a count, perfect play. Then he gets off the block, and I don't know, maybe Fields thought he was faster. Justin thought he could move a little bit faster, but he couldn't. But that's the way the play is drawn up, to block and to release. Griffin did a great job. Last week he was getting suplexed out there. Man, I a little cut up on Ryan. You were, yeah, you were, you were a little critical of our guy last he week. Three but, plays uh, in, every, in three plays, he just got – what is going on? I was hyping you up, Griffin. I saw you in camp. You're looking great. And James O'Shaughnessy didn't even make the team. Those were my two guys. I'm right. telling most fans in the offseason, Griffin, Griffin and O'Shaughnessy are players. O'Shaughnessy doesn't make the team. Griffin's getting suplexed. But, but Griffin actually did his job. It's a block for a count. You get the defender engaged. You throw him off. You catch a touchdown. It worked to perfection. Great call, honestly. Oh, my and, God. Yeah, that – yeah, great call. Yeah, it was a great call, and it feels just overthrew him. It's as simple as that. He just, just overthrew him. He's just got to put it on him. Wasn't that hard of a throw? Don't make the perfect throw. Just get it to him, man. Come on. Oh, uh, You know what? I – Okay, I'm glad you said that because I was I was waiting for the expert to weigh in because I had my own assert I had my own assumptions and my own read of the situation. I'm with you. Ryan Griffin is a veteran who knows. I mean, not that Justin Fields doesn't know what he's doing, but Ryan Griffin's a veteran. Yeah. I will I will I will give him the benefit of the doubt. He was where he was supposed to be, and I think he was a little shocked that the ball came out as hot as it did. And Justin's done a good job of that. He did that in week one with the with the touchdown pass that he threw on the busted play where he airmailed it, but he 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 left he put enough loft underneath it to where there was no way it was going to be incomplete. And I think that that's the kind of throw he needed here. Like if a defender somehow makes a miraculous play on it, so be it. Yeah. You can't overthrow him. Can't you just can't. That. You gotta you gotta lob that thing. If he has to dive back for it, whatever. You got to make that connection. And, and again, you know, you talk about season changing plays as much as that last sequence was or will be remembered. That play will be one where you're like, well, you, it could have changed there. Valus Jones needs to be better. Like he, you should not be inside the 10 yard line trying to feel the punt anyway. Whatever happened. Remember, I remember growing up and this was always a John Maddenism. Where he's like, hey, you know, uh, you, you put your heels on the 10-yard line and you don't go backwards. And now you see guys catching the ball on the two. Bayless was around the eight and he all he didn't have a great angle on it. It's like, dude, I love him. He is still my best friend. I love him, but you got to make that play. You cannot let that hit you in the face like that. Yeah, if you've ever watched like um, Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, there was like, the it's the pirate code. It's like that. So people say it's the co- you got to put your feet on the 10. But no, it's not the code. It's more like guidelines. And that's what it yeah. is. Now, is. It turns into guidelines. You say to put if you think the defense, because nobody wants to miss an opportunity. Now, mm-hmm. 
think the defense is far enough away to where you can make a play. Okay. And they give you the opportunity to take the ball out. So if you look, you know, obviously while you're, you're, you know, you're looking at the ball, I think Bayless shouldn't even be looking at the defense at this point, just catch the football. But yeah. you think you make a play, you know, the, def- the punt team, the punt return team has done a good job of holding up the punt team, make the play. You're at the eight, make the play. You're at the five, even, you got to be sure, you got to be certain, make the mm-hmm. play. So it's guidelines. If it is inside the 10, you're supposed to let it go, but you still block because you never know. It's a guideline. It's up to the returner. So I don't fault him for that. If he's trying to make a play, I love to be aggressive. I'm a, Be aggressive. The yeah. fourth down, when they didn't get the fourth down in the game at the, at the goal line, I didn't for once think that they should have kicked the field goal. No, that no, wasn't no. the problem. My problem is maybe they could have done a better play call. Yes. Be aggressive. Make the catch. Run the ball. But just catch the catch the catch the punt. I don't have a problem with you catching it at the eight. Just catch it, man. You're you're an NFL partner. Your whole job is returning punts. Catch the punt. You're in Thursday night football. You get the lights, glitter, the lights in your eyes. I don't it's tough, yeah, but like you're getting paid a lot of money to do that. And if you make the catch, you know, make a play. I'm all for that. I'll never fault a guy for trying to make a play. He's just gotta make it. And if you're gonna rank the plays. No, no pun intended. Huh. That um, <laughs> that I think are the game winning or losing plays. You just catch. Sorry about my dog, but no, you, no, catch, no. you catch the you catch the football there. Then yeah. obviously you got the Ryan Griffin play mm-hmm. for the touchdown, and then you got the two plays at the end of the game. Catch catch the football. I mean, I, I don't know if that's the right order, but I mean, come on. No, I think that's the right order. I think because the defense, I mean, we haven't really uh, spent any time talking about the defense. But before I do, I want to let everybody know. Thank everybody who's listening to us on AM 1530 WCKG. That's right. That's our Chicago home of the sick podcast, AM 1530 WCKG. You can listen to us every Friday, 2 p.m. Central, and then following us, the No Name Pod, with Olin Krutz and Jason McKee, a cover two of Bears coverage. And perhaps you're listening to us right now on the radio as we break down this game. So we want to thank everybody who is doing that. And by the way, if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook or anything like that, make sure you comment using the word sick to let us know you're there. If you've downloaded this as an audio podcast, please rate and review the podcast. Five stars would be preferable, would be appreciated. But, of course, if you could leave a review, that would also help us out. So we do thank you for checking in with us. But to go to the defense and to talk about the defense for a second, I think that people are just going to overlook this because Brian Robinson's touchdown did, you know, that was be- that was because of a special teams blunder. And to me, I thought the defense played great. I thought they were aggressive when they needed to be. I thought overall, you, you can't be upset at the defense at all. You can be upset. You can't be upset. Wait, I can't. I I can be upset with the defense. No, I mean, you can't be upset with the defense. But okay, the good. Is, once the Bears, once the Bears' offense starts playing, why is the defense stop playing? It's like a teeter totter. It's like yeah. all of a sudden they're just shutting them down, shutting them down, shutting them down. The Bears get a score, and all of a sudden you see the the Commanders start to move the ball down the field. I'm sitting there with my buddy uh, grocery store Joe. Who's a bad no grocery store drawer? Me and him were watching the game at a sports bar. He's a Chicago legend, grocery store Joe. 
And it, I think it's kind of refreshing to watch the game with a guy like Joe. Joe never played football. He doesn't know much about it. And he's saying like the most obvious stuff. But to me, yeah. I'm like, you're right. Like this is the obvious stuff, but you're right. He, like early in the game, I tweeted, Joe's, Joe's like, the Bears really need to score when they get it close. <laughs> you know, I go, yeah, Joe. And then he goes, how come whenever the Bears offense starts playing well, the defense starts playing bad? I go, you know what, Joe? That's a good question. I don't know. So yeah. Joe is saying the most random like stuff that's obvious, but I appreciate that, and it's refreshing because it is the obvious thing. Mm-hmm. So why can't we just put this thing together? I don't know if they're changing the calls. Okay, we got a score. We're up a couple points, and so now let's change the defense. I don't know. Is it something the defensive coordinator, Alan Williams? I don't know what we're doing there. I don't know if it's the way the players are playing the game. They see the run. Okay, they're probably going to pass now. They're going to run. I don't know. But there's something there that when the Bears do, it's like in, in Minnesota, they're shutting them down the whole second half. Yeah. The Bears finally get the lead and just down the field. Like, why? Obviously, the Bears had a nice game defensively, but why can't you shut them down after your offense starts playing well? I don't know. It's like, well, it's your, again, I know I use too many golf analogies, but once you start learning how to chip, you'll never be able to putt again and vice versa. (laughs) It always feels that way. I will say, I will say this. Now, Brian Robinson's touchdown, that came because of a special teams blunder. Absolutely. And you can't really hold them to that. But, you know, one of the things that I really liked early on is that when they had the commanders in on third down, they were sending the house and we saw Brisker, get in there, get a sack. We saw they, they sacked them almost every time. Every time they blitzed, they yep. sacked them. Roquan ended up getting in on it. And then they got away from it. That was, if I had a critique for Alan Williams, I'd be like, ah, you gotta, I think you got away from sending the house way too much because they were doing a great job of baiting him into trying to be patient as Kirk Herbstreit was talking about. Like, hey, like do it. Like try to try to drink, dink and dunk down the field. That's not what Carson Wentz does. So I thought that there were some good – I thought there was a lot of good. And I also think, too, you know, the one scoring drive that resulted in a field goal at the end of the half, that was that was officiated. There was – that the, the pass interference on Kyler Gordon was not a pass interference at all. And I don't know if he's being singled out because he hasn't been playing that well this so far, although he's gotten better over the last couple of games. But I thought, you know, like – they overcame it. They didn't allow a touchdown. But like, overall, yeah. What do you think, though, about Kyler Gordon? Because I thought, you know, he he's now starting to show a little bit of the promise that made him our top pick in the draft, which, of course, came in the second round. All right, I'll be honest. I was worried. You know, I, was, I, I didn't want to pretend like I wasn't, but yeah. I was worried. I go, wow, this guy, he was getting beat, and he was getting beat bad, and you didn't see many good plays. But these last couple of weeks, he turned it around. I don't know what happened. He found Michael's secret stuff like on Space Jam or something. I don't know. But he's playing better. He's a he's really good tackler. Like, I'm impressed with yeah. how he plays in the run game. He's a good tackler. So, I mean, he's doing some good things, and he's he's actually helping the defense now. And I'm, I'm impressed with how he's been playing of late. But at first, like, it's not just – sometimes when guys come in and you're a rookie, it's schematic. It wasn't schematic. He was just getting beat. It's like, hey, you guard yeah. that guy. You're getting beat. But he's been playing better. He's better in coverage. He's better tackling now. 
And um, I think that that call on him today was just was not good. I feel like it could have been an offensive pass interference, in my opinion. I was I was hopeful that it was. I'm like, wait, let's not let's just not assume. I said this but. is an offensive pass interference. That's what I said to the grocer that I was watching the game with. I go, this is an offensive pass interference. He goes, what's that? And you know, <laughs> when the offense interferes with the defense. So I thought I thought that same thing, but Kyler Gordon's looking better. If he keeps improving like this, I think he'll be a really good player. Yeah, I'm really hopeful of it too. And I think having Jalen Johnson back, even though he missed a couple of, you know, he missed a couple of plays here and there, but he's just getting back. Lost his footing on a play that Terry McLaurin turned into a big gainer or a medium-sized gainer, but got a first down. You're like, okay, like he's he's feeling his way back. Now we've got the mini buy. So there'll be an opportunity for him to get rested and get healthy and get ready to go again. But oh man, I, I again, it is. I see the point of like they need to make plays, but you know what? The one thing that I did like, you know, they go for it on fourth and sixteen, which I guess you know what? Like if if he's all if he's all in and he's going for things, like let's go. The defense, Brian Robinson gets a first down on the very first play, and I'm like, oh my god, we're never going to see the ball. But the fact that they did turn out and stop them and force a field goal which was missed i thought yeah. that that showed me a lot i i, I was kind of impressed with that because here's the thing i was thinking i mean if they kicked that field goal it didn't really matter i mean it's still a yeah. one possession game so i go he's got to go for it here if, if you're looking at the analytics analytically i think they go for it and i was happy he went for it. i know it's what are the odds of converting a fourth and 16 not good yeah I'm, I'm happy he went for it. He's showing some confidence in the team. He's showing that aggressiveness. Young team. Obviously, it didn't work out, but, I mean, the, the ball was there, too. Would that have been a first down? Well, assuming that he doesn't get arm tackled, he wasn't at the sticks. Yeah. But he, he should have. If he would have made it, he, he would have had to gain two yards, which I think he yeah. would have been able to do if he would have just held yeah. on to the ball. Good throw. That was a Great good throw. throw. Big throw. Real good throw. Yeah. So I don't he know. Made, Justin made some good throws. So so I guess the people, all all the I don't care if we win or lose people, I just want to see Justin develop. I think that you got your wish because I think that he did. And I think that he's done it for the second consecutive week is that he's gone out there and he's proven that he can be an NFL quarterback. I think he needs to be protected a lot yeah. better. You know, anybody and you know what, and when pro football focus or anybody else comes out with their mock drafts and they're like, well, if the Bears are picking fifth, they're taking a quarterback. That is so erroneous. Yeah. There is no way they are going to use a top 10 pick. The good news, you know what? I don't want to finish. I don't want to finish in the top five. I'm just going to put that out on front street. I know that makes me and I, I know you and I are probably aligned on this. Like, I don't want to finish in the top five. I want to make a push for the playoffs. I want to yeah. be around 500. I don't care if we're, we're yeah. picking 17th or not. We're going to take an offensive lineman. If we're in the top five and we can trade down for a quarterback needy team, then that would be an ideal situation to pick up some additional picks. But at the same time, just being, you know, I don't know. I still, I still want to win. I'm old fashioned that way. I want to win. I want to beat the rivals. I want to beat the team that my dad hated the most that I just, I just know. I remember my dad rooting for the Cowboys. That's how much he hated. As much he hated Washington. They'd be playing the Cowboys. My dad would be like, you're rooting for the Cowboys? He's like, yep, let's do it. Um, that's what he did. By the way, Sammy, do, we, do should we take some questions? Do we dare take some questions? I don't know if I want to deal with the toxic. I don't know if I want to deal with Bears fans. But, Sammy, if you see a question out there, 
And I'll, okay, here we go. Tony, Tony Black, horrible loss, but I feel like Fields moved the ball well. Uh, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? I, you know, Tony, I, I think we've been discussing this. I, I, I see good things in Justin Fields. I think I'm, I think we're both in agreement there. Yeah, I, I feel like Fields has made some improvements and the game didn't start well. I mean, there's a couple plays to be in the game. Obviously, you got the Ryan Griffin play. Mm-hmm. But then that play where they do the max protect, play action, he's at in cut, and he's, he's hesitating. The, the receiver doesn't got much space to throw it, but you got to let it go. You got to rip it. You got to throw it yeah. open. Get the whole middle of the field open. And Fields, what are you doing, man? Throw the football. You got you have nothing. That's the whole read. There's nobody there. You don't even, you don't even take it into account that cornerback. That receiver's got to take care of him. If that safety's gone, if he's not there, you got to make that throw. Mm-hmm. You got to throw the ball. Don't even, don't even worry about that. He's got to make the play. So he started off a little shaky, and there was – I mean, obviously it wasn't a perfect game. He continued to fight, and he put him in a position to win. He yeah. delivered two clutch throws at the end of the game, and he's getting buried. Lucas Patrick got swam move faster. I mean, the, Michael Phelps can't do a swim move that far. <laughs> like this guy, I mean, he barely got touched. You got to know it's a swim move right there. I yeah. mean, a couple of those plays, man. I'm like, this guy's got defenders on him before he can even basically take the ball. He can't feel the ball before the guy, the defensive end, is breathing down his neck. And he was taking some shots. He was grimacing a lot. The way he fought. Yeah. I mean, I'll stand behind a quarterback like that. If I'm playing, you know, I'm saying, hey, I'll go to war with this guy any day of the week. Let's go. You know, I'm following that guy into battle. It feels the way he plays. He's going to play hard. He's going to play tough. He's playing to the end. I'll follow that guy into battle any day of the week. I thought that Kirk Herbstreit was doing a really nice job of showing, you know, some of that, some of the misreads that Justin was making. And I think the one that you're describing where he's got to make that throw. There was another one on a third and short when he went to Darnell Mooney when he had the guy coming underneath, which should have been a first down completion, if he just would have looked that way, if he would have checked down to him, would have had a first down instead of trying to go. And it's the kind of throw that when he made it, I'm like, oh, they must be yeah. going for it here because that's, that's the only reason why Mooney he would try was, to go. I mean, Mooney wasn't a terrible read, but you look at the mesh and then, you, you, you know, you look at the mesh there and that guy's he's wide open. Yeah. Like, it's got to be a priest. I don't know if they dropped him. I want to see the I want to see the all twenty two on that because I mean that's kind of a pre snap thing. You go, okay, you know I got Mooney one on one here. You look at it and you go, that's you know obviously you don't want to do that, but why was he so open? It had to be a defensive drop that you weren't you weren't really going to see. But Mooney was open too. You just put it on him. I mean that was a catchable. He had space. I no, Mooney for sure. that ball if you put if it's a good throw. Yeah, a little bit of a missed throw right there. The touchdown pass earlier in the game was not a missed throw. So, again, he has that ability. He is showing us that he can make these throws. What is it like, though? So, you know, put us in the put us in the NFL locker room. Put us in the – what are the quarterbacks going to look at when they go and look at tape? Is that the kind of thing where they show? And, again, they, they know the design. They know what read he was supposed to make. But is this something that you just learned? Because, again, like he's – it's a, it's a six game playing with Luke Getze. I can't expect him to have this completely mastered, but is this something that you would go back and they point out and they, they do kind of like what Herb street was doing during the broadcast being like, you should have read this guy. You should have read that guy. What is that? What are, what are the next couple of days of film study? Like, 
Absolutely. He'll be in the he'll be in the room with the quarterback coach and Eberflus and they'll go over the reads and they'll they'll grade every single snap. And sometimes I hated these. Everybody hated them, but sometimes <laughs> you'd watch the game, you'd watch the, the tape as an offense. And those were the worst because everybody's oh. getting called out. I mean, Bill Belichick was known for that. If he had a bad game, a loss, he's gonna he's gonna watch the, the, the tape in front of the whole team. He's gonna put on the plays and he's gonna embarrass your ass. You're going to be out there, and you're going to see the play. What What are you guys doing here? You know, what are you doing? What are you doing? Is this what you're teaching? He's going to call out the position coach, too. Everybody's getting called out. But typically what you do is you go and you watch a few of the plays as an offense. The whole team, you're going to watch some of the big plays, and you're going to say, hey, here's what we're looking at. Then you break up in your position groups, and you say, hey, and you get your, your, each of your coaches, my tight end coach, um, Fields, the quarterback coach, gets he'll probably be in the room with Fields, and you're going to go over every single read. You know, you should have read the mesh right here. They drill them, you know, that's man-on-man. That's what this play's built for. It's built for that natural rub. They're running across the formation. He should be open. That should be your look. I don't mind you going Mooney here, but you got to see that that's open. And that's how they do it. And then as tight ends, obviously, you want to be able to get more in depth when you're going over the plays. But if you're in the film room, you're not going to be able to focus on your spot. So now you got a coach singly, singularly focusing on Cole Komet, telling him, hey, you should have did this, should have did that. So you, you'll do a few plays in the whole position group with the whole team, and then you'll go into your own position group, and, and then you'll go over everything else. So they'll, they'll talk about that in the meetings tomorrow, and they'll know tomorrow, like, hey, this is what you should have did. So I'm curious to see what the coaches, somebody asked them in the press conference, what they think about a couple of these plays, like the reads seeing if they were making the right reads or not. Yeah, that is one of the things that I've really enjoyed about Luke Getze this season is that he's been very candid. He's been yeah. very upfront. Every time he speaks, I always just feel better. I'm like, okay, I get it, coach. Like even <laughs> when you go back, even when you go back to the Green Bay game, when everybody was upset, they're in shotgun on fourth and an inch or fourth and a yard. And he's like, well, this is what we did. And I'm like, okay, it makes it, I don't necessarily, it's like when your friend, it, you're playing blackjack and i'm like why did you hit there why did you split tens and he's like no i've been counting cards and the the deck was in my favor i was at a plus six count and so that should have been multiple tens and you're like okay like i don't i don't agree with you doing that but i understand your reasoning process over results at this point and i think that's one of the things and it's nice to hear those coaches clearing yeah. the air and uh, speaking of clearing the air we spend 90 percent of our time indoors and indoor air can be five times dirtier than the air outside. And Air Pura air purifier can remove tobacco smoke, odors, VOCs, mold, wildfire smoke, chemicals, viruses. Uh, you know, the kids, the kids are back in school. They're all coming home with viruses. They're coughing, they're wheezing, they're doing all sorts of stuff. Well, guess what? You can go to airpura.com, use the code 67 and get 7% off of your own purchase of an air pura air purifier. I have one in the house. It is it is a lifesaver for us. We we need this. We need this. I got I got a 7-year-old and I got a 4-year-old. They're always <laughs> traipsing in here. They got dirty feet, they got coughs, they're sneezing. So we use we use the uh, air purifier from Air Pura and uh, we have not regretted that one bit. What I might regret, though, by the way, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping. I know normally we do a, a fantasy island here. There's we're, we're breaking down this game. I want to talk more about this game. If you want more fantasy content, 
Uh, watch NFL Fantasy Live. I'll be breaking it down. Follow me on TikTok, at Adam Rake. We'll be talking all the fantasy that you want. I will do a special session at some point of fantasy questions and answers to help get you uh, to get you sorted for the coming weekend. But I do want to use our last 10 minutes here. Uh, oh, gosh. Speaking of regretting stuff, should we, should we do it, Sammy? Should we bring up another question? Dare I? Dare we? Uh, Perlou, uh, why do you think it's so hard for the Bears to score in the red zone? I mean, I mean this is honestly, this sounds like a, a question that Grocery Joe Grocery store Joe was probably asking the same question. Why is it so difficult? It feels like it should be easier. Why are we struggling so much? In my opinion, I think that there's no go-to guy. You know, it's like in basketball, you got a go-to guy. When the, when the clock's running down, you put the ball in this guy's hand, and he, he's either going to make it or miss it. Go-to guy. We have a go-to guy right now. I love Darnell Mooney. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. I love – I love our our running backs, but you don't got a go-to guy. We don't got a big-time receiver that's a big player that can make plays in the end zone. I don't think Cole Komet knows what it's like to score a touchdown. <laughs> no. When's the last time Cole Komet – you have as many touchdowns as he does since 2020, Adam. I think you, you might have more. I don't know if you snuck one in there, but he has no. it. He, he, uh, he's a tight end that can score a touchdown. He gets in the end zone twice a week when he walks to and from the tunnel, and that's it. <laughs> yes, it's crazy. We don't have a go-to guy, and I think that's a big problem. You saw two good throws, slender body guys. You need a big body in the end zone. You can throw the ball to, and you can come down with it. And then you need yeah. – obviously, you have this big quarterback. Justin Fields isn't small. I don't know if people know that this guy is 6'3", 220-something pounds. He's a big yeah. dude. This guy's not small. I feel like there should be some plays where you can utilize him on a quarterback sneak. I don't know. I'm out of context. I got to go back and watch the tape. But I'm trying to figure that out, too, and I think the Bears are. The thing about the red zone is all the windows are smaller. Yeah. Touchdown, check down mentality. The windows are smaller. Every mistake gets magnified. So everything's harder. So it's, everything just happens quicker. We got to be quicker. Yeah, I yeah, that's the one thing is that it's fun to be pushed out at the five yard line. It's fun to have the ball on the one yard line, but I just don't have the confidence. Does that does that bleed over to the team? I mean, us as fans, you know, grocery store Joe and I sitting there as a couple of rubes being like, this should be easy. But do the players feel that too? Because obviously there's been some we've we've been stoned on fourth and one twice now. Uh, we had four chances from the five-yard line tonight. Is that the kind of stuff that gets in the players' heads? Well, you see, like going back to the Green Bay game, I don't want really to talk about that. When you can't get the ball in the end zone and you start to hear all these people questioning your calls and why can't these guys get the ball in the end zone, and it does take a little bit of a toll on you. you got to trust the play call and run it to the best of your ability. A lot of these guys just don't have histories of scoring touchdowns. I'm sorry. Darnell yeah. Mooney had a great year. He had a thousand catches, a thousand catches, thousand yards, eighty catches last year. He only scored four touchdowns. I don't know how many of those were in the red zone. You need a big play red zone guy. They don't have that right now for whatever reason. Cole Komet isn't a red zone threat. Guy's six no. foot six, two hundred sixty pounds. Like I said before, he looks like the guy up a, off a of Happy Gilmore. I believe yeah. that jacket belongs to Mister Gilmore. I mean, this guy's <laughs> massive. Is enough? Can get this guy the ball? I don't get cut the ball in the end zone. 
I don't know. He's yeah. a big guy. You want to throw the ball to the big guys in the end zone because the windows are so small. A.J. Brown, guys like that. I don't know. Would, would D.J. Moore be that guy? If the bear, I know a lot of teams are in on the in on him. I I, I don't feel like it's likely that that DJ Moore ends up with the uh, that DJ Moore ends up with the Bears. But would he be that guy if the Bears could go out and get him? I think he's closer to being that guy than anybody they got right now. And at this point, you got the money to spend. Why not? So I think he's closer than that. And obviously next year, I know you want to make a big play. I don't know who's free agents and wide receivers or tight ends or anything like that. I haven't looked at the draft class yet. Haven't looked at the free agents yet. I know you got a bunch of money to spend. But you really need to get a guy that's a go-to guy in the red zone that you can design plays for. And you know he can make the catches in the tight windows. He can come Come with 50-50 balls. A lot of the time in the red zone, these are 50-50 balls. You got a guy that can yeah. go up and make a play. You can't design plays to get people wide open in the red zone. and It's not going to happen. It never has and never will. You got to have guys that just can make tough plays. And we don't have that right now. Yeah, that's the one thing, too. I know that the conversation is centered around DJ Moore. And if he's worth it, he's still you know a relatively young player. He's 25 years old. He turns 26 in April, and I know you can you know, point out Bayless Jones is similar in age, so you'd be acquiring a player. A.J. Brown – no, and I, I don't mean that as a put-down, but A.J. Brown is also that same age as well. So you'd be still acquiring a guy that you would consider to be a young player. And to me, when you have all this cap space, like that's what we've been talking about for months now, how much cap space has been created. And you know what, if you, what, what good is having it if you're not spending it? Like if people are giving you gift cards, it's cool to get gift cards, but what good is it if you put it in a drawer and never use it? Can't take I mean, it with you. Yeah. Can't I mean, like you got to spend it. Like it's, and I, I, I wonder what the cost is. Now I know that I've seen reports that are like, oh, six teams perhaps are in on, on DJ Moore. That's probably three. One team made a significant offer. Uh, they didn't because if they if they had, the deal would have been done. Like when <laughs> it's it's an agent putting it out there to either Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero, or somebody like that, being like, "Oh, we've gotten a significant. You haven't. You just want some team to bite. What you're you're, you're hoping for is a team like the Bears to hear that kind of report." And say, "All right, well then we'll send you a first round pick," which I would not advise. No, but I, I, would, I would look. But I mean, when you're looking at some of the other compensation, it always and it always feels this way too. Like Amari Cooper, this offseason was traded for a sixth round pick. So wow. let's not let's not pretend that this is going to cost a first or even a second round pick. It's probably going to be a lot more insignificant than people are not insignificant, but a lot less than people think it is. And when the agents are coming out and saying like, "No, we've gotten plenty of that you haven't," it's like the kid in high school. Who is always like, oh, my girlfriend goes to another school. She doesn't live around here. You're not getting any offers. People are, are shying away. And so I think the Bears need to fire in. And you know what? I'm not afraid to do it right now. I don't think that the I, I, I don't think that somebody like Odell Beckham Jr. is uh I don't think that's gonna happen because number one, I think he's just gonna pick a team that's good. He's gonna look at Kansas City and be like, okay, how much money? How much money can you spare me? And I'll go out there and play it. He's going to go make a run for a ring, which he should do. Yeah. But I think a DJ Moore is like the perfect guy to go after, right? What's Where's he at in his contract? 
That I don't have the particulars for, and I should be a little bit better on that. But yeah. I'm also at the point of like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Like we can afford one. We can afford one guy. We can have one luxury item. It's like when, uh, like when you're buying Christmas gifts for your children, you're like, oh, you can get one luxury item. The rest are LOL dolls or baseball cards or whatever it is. Great. The guy's had a thousand yards the last three years and he's a big play guy. He's not a big touchdown guy though. Like being touched on, he's, he's had four touchdowns each of the last three years. He's, you know, it's five eleven, six foot, two ten type guy, which I mean, those guys can numbers. still score. I mean, those guys can still yeah. score. Touchdowns. No, I, I agree. I don't know. I mean, obviously I think you have to go and you have to look at what's going to be out there. Is there a specific guy? I mean, it's never too early for these GMs and guys to say, hey, do we have targets at wide receiver next year? Are there going to be guys that are possi- possibly going to be unrestricted free agents? Are the guys going to be getting franchise tags? Are the guys yeah. going to be – who do we have? So you got to know if there's nobody out there and you're looking at that and you say, hey, this may be our opportunity to actually bring in a big play receiver that we can get for our quarterback that doesn't have a lot of options, big play options out there. You make yeah. the move. So that's something polls in the front office are going to have to look at. And I wouldn't be opposed to it, throwing away a, a second-round pick guy like DJ Moore that's proven in this league. Yeah, that's what I always said. I, I said, listen, if, if DJ Moore was in next year's draft, uh, would you use a second-round pick on him? I certainly would. And yeah. I think that when you look at our friend Matt Harmon did the reception perception on him, and he he charts so well. But listen – we are, we're up against it. And by the way, everybody who's listening to us at AM 1530 coming up next, it's going to be Olin Krutz and Jason McKee, the no name pod, but Clay, I want to thank you so much for joining us after the game. We really do appreciate it. And uh, we appreciate you being here. We got like 20 seconds. What do you think? Are we, are we okay though? I mean, we're tough loss guys, tough loss, but QB one played well. And I think we have a player here. This guy's fighting to the end, made some clutch throws. He made that huge run to get us down there. I think we got a player here. So that's important. I think this guy moving forward is our guy. He's going to keep getting better. He's improved every week. So that's positive right there. I agree with you. And I want to thank everybody for joining us here on the Sick Podcast. And Sammy, why don't you go ahead and play us out? And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Air Pura.